0: Since ancient times there has been a prophecy. At the sign of the eye and the ear and like some kind of joystick I guess, it has been said that there will come two queer trans ladies who will discuss these things in depth. Others have spoken of their good humor, the voices they can perform, and the entertainment that they do. It is said in the legends ...of the Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Greeting, Strangers Queer and Pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magna And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans ladies talk about the media we've consumed in the week and have a catch up and do silly voices and skits and whatnot. How are you doing? It's daytime. It's daytime. This isn't Quips time. No, this is not Quips time. No, this week's a weird week. My schedule's all over the place. You got a. I got a book launching um, during what would have been Quips recording time last night. I I was on uh, IGN's podcast Beyond. Yeah, I I didn't really want to do, like, I had, like, a work meeting, and then it would have been the uh whoops right into a podcast right into another podcast. I don't have it in me to do three podcasts back-to-back. That's too many podcasts. Oh, uh, that's not what the old Laura would have said, I mean, like, a look, decade ago. I'll, I'll say this. Had you not been, like, <laughs> off work today, I'd have totally done those podcasts back-to-back. But if the option is there for me to have, you know, sleep, then I'll take it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's... I, <laughs> off you say off i just had different work today well yes but i mean you, you stuff stuff that Beams you control the schedule yes, yeah indeed. <laughs> exactly so you, you did what would have been wednesday last night and mm-hmm. yeah we're doing a it's a different energy recording this show <laughs> in the daytime isn't it yeah people might hear us out the window <laughs> Which is always oh, oh no, you might hear that we've played some games, because that's where we start the show with, is Plays. things we've played. Do you want to talk about things we've played? Yeah, what should we talk about first? Uh, should we talk about the big scary game? Yeah, the thing that we binge played over last weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, we played We played the medium this week. We did. Yeah, that is, um, that is an interesting horror <laughs> <furry> game. <laughs> caveats, caveats, caveats. Caveats, caveats, caveats. <laughs> um... So, should we talk about what this is first before we get into opinions? Um, uh, yeah, it's like an eight-hour-long horror game mm-hmm. where you play as a character who can simulta- it's a medium. yeah, uh, who can simultaneously experience like the physical world and the spirity ghost world. Yeah. ooh, ooh. um, yeah, it, I I like the 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 core central mechanic of it of at points in the game the world will be split in two and on screen you'll be able to see two different worlds at once and you might have to interact with them both uh, back and forth. I think that mechanic works quite well. <coughs> Shall I redo that sentence? Um yeah the core mechanic of the game where sometimes the screen will split in two and you'll be able to see both the spirit and the physical world at once and interact with them back and forth. That's very cool. Yeah, I, I apparently think... they've patented that, so no one else can use it. I mean, there there are other games that already do similar things. I think they'll find a way around it. Mm. Like it, it, it reminded me a bit of playing through a way out, which is that co-op game where you were doing different things on a split screen, yeah. not playing through the so same play story, split screen co-op. Uh, yeah, except you're controlling like you're you're doing the same inputs on both screens simultaneously. Yeah. Um, I guess you just tie the player controls to two different models. Exactly. Um, But yeah, I I liked a lot of the puzzle stuff with it. Um, Yeah, there's there's some fascinating key and lock puzzles in that game. Yeah, I I think it helped having two of us playing it together because both of us did the same thing where we kept gravitating to solely looking at the spirit world because it was more interesting and missing important stuff we needed to spot in the other one. Yep. Uh, so when we were playing at co-op, we were, like, handing the controller back and forth, and whoever wasn't playing was just like, you just keep an eye on the physical world and look out for any sparklies I've missed. T- to be fair, when not playing, I found it much easier to look at both screens at once. Yes. But when actually playing, it's like I gravity- gravitated towards either watching very specifically, the sp- yeah. and usually very specifically, the spirit world. Yeah, agreed. But, um like all, all the, the the normal world, yeah, and the the physical? yeah, and the way the way that it worked was that if there was a difference between the spirit and the physical world, like let's say there was a doorway that existed in the physical world but not in the spirit world, uh, typically. You can't go through it in the spirit world because your physical body can't go that way because there's a door in the way, for example. You can have an out-of-body experience. Yeah, I like the out-of-body experience mechanic. Yeah. You you could send your spirit body off to go do things by itself, but you had a limited time limit and the it body sort would of sort, sort of <laughs> melt. Yeah, you sort of like thinned out as you were tra- like travelling through alone, which I thought worked really well. Yeah, it sort of, sort of seemed to dissipate in there. Yeah, that. and then you've got some sort of supernatural abilities in the spirit realm, like uh, creating sort of a big sh- bubble shield around yourself and doing some sort of energy blasts, mm-hmm. and I, I enjoyed mechanically the process of playing through it. Yeah, <clears throat> like any it was like it was a cool world. I liked the world design. Yeah, I enjoyed a lot of the puzzles. Wasn't super keen on the whole being chased by the big bad thing. The more See, I liked being chased by the big bad. You were good at it. <laughs> yeah. So there's there is a big spooky monster at some points that like. One one hit kills you if it gets, yeah. And it is very much about, like, sneaking, um, holding your breath, getting around it, and then what, if it notices, you ru- run like fuck and try and find some light to be safe from it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed those, but I can see how they could be really frustrating if you weren't getting on well with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's the story. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... I have had really, like, back-and-forth mixed feelings about the story of this game. I didn't get bits of it until uh, I was reading other people sort of going, here "Yeah, it, it is all written down in, in one big line. It was like, it, oh, yeah. oh dear. Yeah, I, a lot of it I was experiencing as, like, individual, unconnected, like, ah, well, I'm going through this building experiencing the stories of the many people who are here. And it wasn't until someone pointed out here is the through line that connects those mm-hmm. stories that I really was like, oh, oh some that's of very problematic. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, I, I like a lot of like the acting and performances. I like a lot of the characters. Ooh. Um the, the the problem is that there is this um I think it's it's not too spoilery to say there is a current running through this of um horrible things beget other horrible things that has some kind of iffy implications on some of the specifics of where that chain goes i think that's fair to say i, th- I think there's the least spoilery version of that that you could have done yes <laughs> yeah yeah which is a shame because like i liked a lot of the moment to moment bits of like the the tension building and the world building yep. and the individual character building yep. um a... There, uh, there was apparently a scene in that that I did not understand what was going on. I thought it was just a fight. It was not just a fight. Yeah, I interpreted it as just a fight, and apparently it's not just a fight. Nope. Um, yeah, i oh, oh. One of the characters who's shown off briefly in the trailers is a little girl called Sadness, little spirit world girl. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I think she was one of the highlights of that game. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, her performance was really well done. Yep. Um, Amazing character design. Yep. Yeah, uh, did a really good job of um, adding some levity to scenes and like adding tension where needed. She was a very good vehicle for moving that story forward. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, and I like stuff like I, I like the character design on her. I like the fact that she had the sort of mycelial um, effect going sort of holding on. Holding her the sort arms of, on, yeah, uh, the on, s- on. yeah, the sort of un- the webbing underneath a mushroom effect going on. Yeah, it's got like a the the uh, the arm and, and the legs sort of where they're held on has got a real sort of mycelial yeah. look. I think that's a very good description yeah. of it. But also, there's like most characters who interact with the spirit world have this sort of coral effect, yeah. usually around the shoulder. Like, Sadness has got it, um, is it Marianne? Yeah. Um, she's got, like, one one sleeve of the jacket has got this real sort of ruffled look to it that's yeah. sort of vaguely coraly. Um, I also really enjoy, like, I recognise that this was probably done to save on facial animation to uh, keep the budget on the game down, but I like the fact that a lot of the characters you interact with in the spirit world have those sort of, um... Death masks. Um, yeah, the death mask look going on. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a a, a great design. I don't yeah. know if that was specifically because they're they're generally dead yeah. characters, but Um But yeah, I I I thought that like the, the game does a good job of drip feeding you story and um sort of layering the mystery and pacing when it does its reveals. It's just a shame that it has some kind of shitty attitudes towards um Abuse Survivors? So, yeah, Abuse Survivors, which is like, yeah, it's... it's... And apparently this is not t- the first time Blooper, Blooper Team's done this. I've yeah. not played many of their games. So, so. Bloop, Blooper Team um, are a, uh, an indie developer in Poland, and the quality and t- tastefulness of their games um, <laughs> fluctuates, fluctuates wildly. <laughs> um, I went and visited Blooper Team's uh, offices like, Six or seven years ago, for Destructoid, uh, to play a terrible knockoff Bomberman game they'd made set in Poland. Um, set in Poland because everything they make is set, set in Poland to get those Polish government bucks that you see. Thank <laughs> you see all their thank yous for at the end of the credits. But um, yeah, blueber team are based in Poland, and sometimes um, certain s- certain issues with where Poland is in terms of. Uh, representation of certain uh, groups or attitudes seep through into their work a little. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's fair to say. Um, they are not necessarily always great at being tactful. Um, additionally, the fucking content warning thing is useless in that game. I get that they don't want to do spoilers, but I'm, I'm f- more and more I'm starting to feel like there needs to be a, hey, there are things that you might be triggered by in this game. Do you, do you, do you yeah. want to just be... Do you want to just come over here a minute and we will show you yeah. the list? Yeah, this, this is the thing. Like, so many people go, oh, I don't want a content warning screen that tells me what the, the things will be in the game. I guess because that. then it's That's a spoiler. And I'm sure. like, yes, but the solution is so simple. It's just, hey, this game has some upsetting themes. Click this button if you would like to see the things that might be um, difficult for you in this piece of work. Mm-hmm. If not, skip past. Absolutely. Like, it's a simple two pages of text fix that is really simple to do and not enough developers get on board with it Mm -hmm. Uh, this game just generically is like this game is made from a diverse group of people and it tries to be scary in a wide variety of ways that might be upsetting so uh content warning for content nebulous (laughs) upsetting content it's it does nothing to help to say a horror game might contain scare stuff that might upset you. Mm. It's like, yeah, it's a horror game. I want to know what stuff is in there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it fails at that. It is a bad <laughs> trigger. It might as well not be there. Yeah, no, <laughs> exactly. I agree it might as well not be there. Because um. I think most people who go, I'm playing a horror game, will go, okay, there's probably going to be something that might be triggering in here for some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It tells you nothing. Yeah, nothing at all. Um, I, I, I enjoy the, the fact that the game was the length it was. Mm. I liked a lot of, it did a good job of tone setting. Can I just say, I love when I picked up the shoe at the start. (laughs) Um, this isn't a major spoiler. One the of the first, one shoe. of the first objects in the game you can sort of uh, investigate for supernatural things is a shoe, and you supernaturally investigate it, and it just a thousand screaming. people start screaming at you from this <laughs> shoe, and like, th- like that was amazing. That was that was great. Like there are points in this game I like, but just go in knowing that it has some kind of shitty attitudes. Yeah. I like that it kept the the HUD is non-existent. Here. Yeah, it it it. It reminds me a lot of some of the stuff that say Focus Home Interactive make in that it, at times, manages to get things really, really right in terms of its tone and its setting, um, but it just has this sort of nebulous layer of not quite, not quite, not quite perfect that sort of permeates under under the surface. Oopsie doodle. Yeah. Uh, should we should talk about? The other big thing we played—that was scary. The really big scary. It wasn't games. scary tonally, but it was scary to try and play. <laughs> um, so we spent. Uh, I I was very kindly gifted a copy of uh, War of the Ring, yeah. uh, which is the Lord of the Rings war game board game uh, by Nick's. Thank you, I love Thank Nick Thank you, love you, love you. Um, it's huge. It's it, it's got two four part fold out boards. It's a bit intimidating. Um, hundreds of minis. Yes, you've got like 120 minis per car- per player uh, split into like five armies each and then you've got hundreds of spaces on the board you got to find where Dice things each, go. Dice decks of cards each. Yeah, it's... We watched like three hours of videos about that game before we even fucking touched the board. Yeah, I had watched maybe an hour and a half of videos, and I'd watch some of those twice before we sat down on that Saturday yeah. morning, and I went, okay, these are the videos I think we need to watch. Yeah. So and we... there was a four-part series by Harsh Rules, uh, Yeah. who lay all the mechanics out very well, but we still had to sit there going, okay, I have a question, let's rifle through the manual. You have yes. a question, let's rifle through the manual. And I think that certainly worked best for us. Yeah. We, we It wasn't nearly as bad as it Seemed once we got into it, because we did it's the another one work. of those. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's an asymmetrical war game set in the Lord of the Rings. Um, one half plays um
1: the shadow.
0: the the shadow, the the evil, spooky uh, Sauron, Sa- Sauron types, and then you've got the Fellowship going the free off peoples. and yeah, trying to rally the people, the peoples to war and maybe get the the ring to Mount Doom. Yeah, so it's set in the Third Age, which means that basically everyone's kind of forgotten about Sauron. we defeated him ages ago. It's yeah. fine. He's got no ring. The elves, the elves are like, I mean, we remember it, but we don't reckon it's going to happen again. To be fair, the only reason the elves start activated at the beginning of the game is because the fellowship starts there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it is a huge game. And then I think we spent, what, four hours? Four and a half hours actually playing it? Yeah, yeah, we spent about four hours playing our first game. Um, it was interesting. I kept taking, like, photographs of the board to, like, share on Facebook, going, yeah. oh my god, this is so intimidating. And I realised that there are whole swathes of that board that never got touched. Yeah, yeah. So there's a couple of different, like, win conditions, and there's some major differences in the way uh, the two sides play. But basically, um... If you want to fight over a territory, uh, there are dice rolls that you can do to uh, try and do damage to an opposing force. If you've got special higher-up units with you, they might give you special abilities or re-rolls and things to try and help those those dice happen. Mm -hmm. Um, The Shadow, you've got basically infinite troops you can throw out. Um, The benefit to you is you can play really aggressively because... Any of your units that are destroyed can be brought back out onto the board, um, whereas the Fellowship, there's only so many of the Marvel races. Yeah, uh, rather than like ours, don't go back in the pool to summon out again later. They go in the box and they're gone forever. You never ran out though. Uh, to yeah. be fair, I wasn't being very aggressive. You weren't being as aggressive as you needed to, I think. No. but um, yeah. So spoiler, for... I lost. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you weren't far off. Only because they got really aggressive in like the last two turns. I think if you'd gotten more aggressive earlier, I think you'd have got it. But um, yeah, so the the Shadow have the benefit of they can play really aggressively because they have just infinite troops to throw at trying to get a military victory. Yeah. But they have to earn more points to get that military victory. Yeah. Um, And then on the other side, the Fellowship can go for a military victory, but it's more difficult for them to do because they are a much squishier army they only need four points but the places that they can attack that belong to the the forces of darkness i mean theoretically you've got those two strongholds way at the top of the board like angmar around that area yeah and then you've got i suppose isengard as long as that doesn't get too heavily fortified early on Mm. like theoretically if you really hit those places yeah. very hard with big armies that would take a while to summon yeah. you you might get that military victory yeah but the the other condition is that they can send the get the ring to mount uh, yeah. doom get the ring to mount doom which is basically a hidden roll game um that you're basically hidden running movement. against yeah uh running against the 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 clock to not get overwhelmed by the shadows military victory or corrupt it yeah yeah so Basically, you roll dice to try and... uh, Each of the dice that you have has options of what you can do that would be things like move an army, um, do an attack, um, use special ability cards that you get every turn, and one of them you can use to move the fellowship, but every time you move them, uh, you have to do a dice roll and maybe get corrupted by the ring. Um, And over time, you'll sometimes... I I like that you don't have to... Um, display your route that the Fellowship's following uh, as you're doing it. It's only... Let's say you made like four moves in a row before you got revealed by by Sauron's forces. Or you chose to reveal yourself. Or you chose to reveal yourself. You then go, okay, I've moved four spaces since I was last visible. That's when you pick your route, which means that you can sort of be a bit flexible about where you go, um, which I really like. Mm. Um, And you can shed off parts of the Fellowship as you go to um basically to go do other things and to give you benefits elsewhere in battle but also to make yourself less at risk when you climb mount doom mm-hmm. um by the end of it i was just like let characters die throw them over there get them out of the party get, get the fuck away from me everyone good <laughs> you left merry and pippin in the Brownlands they were fine <laughs> <laughs> I, they to be did, fair, they were fine. They were <laughs> fine. They both have abilities that mean that they'll probably be fine. Probably fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and there's some characters, like, in The Fellowship, you might want to deliberately die early, like Gandalf. Uh, You can get Gandalf the Grey to become Gandalf the White if you let them get killed off yeah. early. How quickly are you going to kill that Gandalf off? I mean, pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. 'Cause if you leave them leave them in Fangorn you can keep summoning <laughs> yeah, those Ents if they come out. Exactly. And beca- because you kind of want to have as few people as possible when you get to Mount Doom, just just let your friends die to save you from taking corruption. <laughs> just Just Yeah, we're just gonna Legolas, we're just gonna just boot you into Gorgoroth. Bye. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh. Um the event decks were fun in this. Yes. Um, so you have uh, two decks. One is mostly character stuff, and one is mostly like uh, it's it's a, it's an event of an event, I guess. Yeah. So you might have things like, um, uh, like for for the dark powers. One of the cards I had was uh, Greamer Worm Tongue. Yeah. So I could, if Sauron, if, if Saruman was already out and in Orthanc, I could uh, basically stop the Ring from entering the war. Mm. Uh, until such time as... Uh, that came up. Unfortunately, Rohir- the Rohirrim were already in the war at that point. <laughs> yeah, which didn't help. Yeah. Um. Uh, well, yeah. On my side, there was like a Tom Bombadil card that protected certain regions <laughs> the, of the map, uh, the Shire, um, Buckland, and the Old Forest. Basically, somewhere that no, you were never going to go anyway. But, but thematically appropriate. Thematically, it was nice. Like Tom's just looking out that corner. Well, plus, if I had, you know, decided to like summon a bunch of troops in Angmar and then yeah. like bring them down. That probably would have been a good place for me to start because you didn't have many troops, yeah, to start exactly. with any troops of the Northmen, and you barely touched that whole you yeah. barely touched your Northmen, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is a real nice game um i'm I don't usually enjoy war games. I'll usually play them once and be like this was this was too much angry strategizing and luck of of roles and yeah. <laughs> Th- this is... There is some dice rolling. Yeah. But you can mitigate that. Yeah. Th- this is the most I think I've ever enjoyed, like, this kind of war game. Yeah. I mean, I used to play a lot of Risk. Yeah. Um, when I was living in a very particular flat. And... Mm, I I mean, it was a way to pass the time, because I couldn't afford video games. So, the fact that I had this one housemate was like, we're playing Risk today. Okay. We can listen to Weezer's The Blue Album on repeat. Okay. Hmm? Um but there was just one day when I was I, I I had this huge frickin' army against two people holding up one landmass and I rolled every single dice came up badly. So I basically lost an entire army throwing it at these two people, of which I killed one. Ha uh, and I was like, fuck this game. Never touching yeah. it again. Bye. Uh, But, yeah, I I feel like we both learnt a lot from that first game of playing through it. Yeah, almost as soon as we finished, we were like, I would like to play this again. Not today. Don't have time. When we've got time, definitely not this week, probably, but uh, Mm. when we've got time, I really want to play this again. Yeah. That's a good meaty game. Yeah, now that I think we've got sort of the hang of the basic rules. Yeah, and we've like seen a playthrough of what sort of things can come up in your card uh, yeah. on your cards. You can sort of strategize around that. Yes, um, I imagine you might do some slightly different things around moving the fellowship. Maybe, perhaps. Maybe I would certainly be more aggressive as as the dark powers. Yeah, I imagine you would. Had some thoughts about that scheme scheme. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, that is a game that has three expansions for it. <laughs> no. I. The the base game is already terrifying enough. <laughs> uh, well, and what, have you played anything else? Uh, I played a little bit of Control Ultimate Edition on PS5. It's still Control. I mean, it's still Control, basically. Uh, I... Look, this is this is everything I expected a PlayStation 5 port of Control to be. It looks very nice. Um, you have to choose between your ray tracing, fancy visuals, or your 60 frames a second. As I always do with PS5 games, I start doing the fancy visuals uh, version, and about half an hour in, I'm like, yeah, but what about that frame rate, though? And I switch to frame rate, and I never switch back. So this- to be fair, like... I, I don't think ray tracing is impressive enough that it's worth it yet. I if if you have the option of both, I'll definitely take both. Like Miles Morales Spider Man got an update, so you can have both now, and it undeniably looks a lot better as a result. But ray tracing never looks good enough to make me feel like it looks better than doubling the frame rate. Yeah, I mean, I turned it on when I downloaded. I think Shadow with the Tomb Raider. Yeah. Because when when I got the new PC, it was one like one of the first things I did was like, okay, yeah. play Shadow with the Tomb Raider. And looked at it and just went, mm, aware? Yeah. Uh, like, Miles Morales Spider-Man is a good example game to look at because mm. it does a lot of stuff with, like, uh, some of the late-game suits you can unlock have really nice um, reflections and lighting and yeah. lens flare and, like, lots of really cool effects and there's lots of very shiny, uh, like, glass buildings. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a lot in that game that really shows off the best of what ray tracing can do. Mm. But... I've I've never been a frame rate snob. I I love uh, Age of Calamity despite its abysmal frame rate. Um, to be fair, I barely noticed. Yeah, I was playing it in handheld. But, but like, I've become a bit of a sucker for for sixty frames a second this generation. I've I've been <laughs> I've been spoiled, and that's the thing. I care more about the fact that like this generation of console games is probably going to have every game run at a stable sixty frames a second. I care more about that than four K or ray tracing. It's it's made a more noticeable difference to my enjoyment of games. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly noticing um, FPS more and FOVs. Yeah, I can't remember what the game was recently. I was like, oh, I'll set the FOV a bit wider, and I'm like, hmm, I like this. Yeah ah uh, also but- weirdly now i seem to be able to control fps games with a joypad which i was never previously able to manage Yay! like fucking hated uh, like anything's like no i i think metro 2033 yeah. once i was like oh, Okay, will give this a go oh oh no i have to I, I have to play on a on a controller no uninstall <laughs> i literally haven't played that game installed it once turned it on and went no, nah, not a controller. Bye. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, the other stuff I would know for the, the the port of that. I uh, one th- one thing to note: if you played it on PS4, uh, you can bring your save forward to the PS4 version of Control Five. Ultimate. Uh, four, you can bring it forward to the PS4 version of Ultimate, oh, but you okay. can't bring it forward to the PS5 version of Ultimate. <laughs> uh, I was starting again from scratch, so it didn't really matter. But that's just a thing to bear in mind. Uh, it does do some cool stuff with the controller. It's the stuff I expected it to do, but it feels creepy, creepy. good. You've got the footsteps that you can feel in the controller going left, right, left, right, <laughs> left, right as you're walking around. You play straight after that? Because you were like, yeah, well, I've got very... I've just got very uh, very into the whole um, PS4 haptic oh, feedback controller. Oh, it was something on Xbox that I was playing, and it just had very, <laughs> like, blunt force rumble, and I was like... <laughs> Where's my fancy rumble? Where's my fancy rumble. Where's my good rumble? Where's my several degrees of rumble? Exactly. I don't just want rumble on or off. I want my little tippy tappies. Where I can feel the left and right feet. And when I walk onto a different material, I feel a slightly <laughs> different texture <laughs> underfoot. Um, it does the thing where when you're shooting a gun, it sort of click the trigger clicks rather than um, pulling smoothly, which I really like. I know it's a gimmick. I know it's silly. I really like <laughs> clicking the trigger. Kick. Yeah, and uh, when you do the sort of force push, it does like a really satisfying sort of like ripple of vibration through Ooh. the controller. But I mean, otherwise, it's it's control with all the DLC. Mm. Um, what about you? What have you played this week? Um, I played some Moving Out. Oh yeah, yeah. T- this is that, that it, it's uh, an adorable little um in the style of uh, I guess like Overcooked. That sort yes. of graphical style, um, where you are basically house movers and you just trying to drag things out of a house and get them on the van and you know there's some physics stuff so you might knock over vases and things and break windows but it's kind of, i remember watching the videos for this and thinking this looks adorable and then i played it and i was like this is boring as fuck uh, i will say it it's it's not a surprise that it looks like over- overcooked because it's made by the same developer that's good, and I have explained <laughs> it to people listening, so they will understand what I mean. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, like yeah, it it didn't really have the same. It maybe it's different in two player. Yeah, but in single, I was just like, I don't, I don't really care. I I did like that. Um, from the start, you have various characters, including um, a cat in a wheelchair. Oh it's like it's nice to see some disability representation. Um just as a as an option right from the start. Cause that's very often not the case. Yeah. Uh when I was watching you play it, I was trying to remember what i ge- I'm I thought it was a different game. Um that Nintendo released a game, uh it's called The Stretchers. It's a very similar, like you've got your two characters and you're picking things up and moving them, but it's mm-hmm. people on a on a stretcher trying yeah. to move people to an ambulance instead. Mm-hmm. It looks very similar, and I thought that's what you were playing at first. I think that's what I thought I was playing when I downloaded. <laughs> yeah, uh, the stretchers, a more fun game in that. Like it does tries to do the same thing, but it is just more fun to play. Um, yeah, if, I can imagine that. if you're fancying something of that nature. <laughs> I'm up for playing some of the stretches at some point Yay. with you. I think it'll be what you were hoping this was. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just a lovely idea. It's just, it's not very interesting. Yeah. Certainly not in single player. Maybe it's more fun with two. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that was something. What about you? You played anything else? Uh, I played a little bit of Double Kick Heroes, uh, which is a game that is on Game Pass at the moment. Um, it is a music rhythm game about like an end of the world zombie apocalypse and you are a band of metal musicians on the back of a Not car all beat, eh? <laughs> yeah uh trying to drive away from all of the chaos while like doing metal music to destroy the zombies oh when you were controlling the drums i remember you playing yeah it. yeah so the the vague idea is that you're uh the zombies and things that are coming at you will come at you from either the top or bottom of the road and you've uh on the default difficulty, you've got two buttons. One of which um, will fire projectiles on the top of the screen, and one will fire on the bottom. Um, you don't have to press specific buttons on the beat. It's just here is the beat. Um, but if you press one of those two buttons, you will fire uh, on the beat. You will fire projectiles on that half of the screen. Um, oh. So you're having to keep an eye on what the beat is, um, and that 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 sort of rhythm will change. Uh, But also keep half a glance on do I need to be shooting the top or bottom of the screen right now? Um, So it's a little bit of like patting your head, rubbing your stomach, like trying to Mm. multitask what you're doing, but you're not having to keep track of just am I pressing the button that is up on the... uh, uh, further up on the controller or the one lower down? Mm. Um, I like the idea of a music rhythm game that is more... um, more focused on the timing than having to get specific buttons on the timing. Uh, it's it's kind of what I enjoyed about Cadence of Hyrule, mm. in that I could just think about playing the game and be like, the beat is something I'm sort of passively remembering to engage with. I'll say this, I'm a lot less willing to recommend this game than I was uh, at the weekend when I played it, because the very first character you meet that's a spoof of a musician is a Marilyn Manson Ooh, uh spoof which that did not age well. yeah that has aged very poorly in the past four days uh yeah if any of you don't know there's been a lot of allegations against uh Marilyn Manson that um that's yeah' grooming yes basically um so that's I, I mean I was in I was enjoying it it had a bit of the the issue that a lot of games about rock or metal music have where they get weirdly elitist. Um, other genres of music. Yeah, there's there's a discussion at some point about the fact that metal is the only music that can fight off the zombies. And oh, isn't it good we didn't form a synthwave band? Ha ha ha! It's 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 weirdly elitist in that regard. But like the core mechanics are fun. It just eh eh. I care about it less than I did at the weekend. Mm. What about you? What you played? I played some Streets of Rage four. <gasps> Tell me about that. It's on Game Pass. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, I wanted to play this for a while, <laughs> and now that I'm not, you know, just elbow deep in Deep Rock Galactic, I thought I'd give it a look. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's very pretty. The music's all right. Uh, I like the fact that I can spend a considerable amount of time beating up cops rather than being one. Woo! Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's 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 very fluid. It's, it's pretty simple gameplay, which you would want from a Streets of Rage. Yeah, it. It just does all the modern things. I'm a bit sad that it seems to have taken over the role of um, the, the Streets of Rage remake project. Yeah. Which I think they had shut down just before they made this. Yeah. I mm. mean, this this in many ways feels like a Streets of Rage remake in that it uses a lot of stuff from old Streets of Rage and just sort of modernises it and brings it up to date. And- yeah, I remember you talking about on Podquisition a little yeah. while ago and just thinking like oh, that that's probably why they shut down Streets of Rage Remake then, because yeah, they were incorporating yeah. all of the characters, all of the levels, a bunch of custom stuff, and, like, extra music, yeah. and basically putting all three of the original games in together yeah. with a bunch of extra stuff. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you shut yeah. down a years-long fan project that everybody loved just so you could sell this. It's all right. You could have had the two together, because I guarantee the people who were making Streets of Rage Remake Probably would have really enjoyed this. I mean, but you've I mean, it now. yeah, but also like, if you're trying to make a thing and fans are also making that thing, that's an awkward situation to be in. Copyright, yeah, <laughs> intellectual property, <laughs> <laughs> and the problems there with. Yeah, it's all right. Um, what about you? Um, we played a thing together. Uh, we played a bit of uh, F- fogs, fogs, p h o g s. What if cat dog, but just dog dog? Yeah, dog dog snake, dog at both ends of snake. With no leggies. With no leggies. Um, we kept trying to hug bugs. Yeah, wrap so <laughs> yourself around the bugs. It's, it's a little co-op <laughs> game where you play the two ends of a little dog snake and you are trying to try to do little objectives and travel around and you can sort of stretch out your dog snake and try and hug bugs and you can send one one doggo to go ahead and bite a thing and then release the other doggo and just sort of let them spring climb, climb up things it's 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 cute and yeah. uh, i don't i don't care about it no it didn't care <laughs> no it's a game i've seen at like conventions and events for years and every time i look i'm like art styles adorable mm-hmm. um it, it, it's it got hats. Yeah, it's got hats. Um, Here's the problem with it, I think. It's got that feel of, like, um a moveset that you would have in something like an Octodad, where it's like, we're sort of scrambling to... We're controlling two halves of a slightly unwieldy creature. Um, yeah, especially if someone, like, lets go of the stretch mechanic and they yeah. just sort of ping into the other I, one. I think what it lacks is doing enough with the... F- th- the fact that you're slightly unwieldy. Like, I was trying to think of what would be fun to do with this set of mechanics, and what if we were trying to, like, climb over a very thin uh, tightrope or something, and then any time one of us fell off, the other one's like, it's fine, I'm biting on. Okay, you move forward, you bite. Ah, I'll move along. Like, climbing that slope where we had to cling on to the... Stop the the wind blowing us. Yeah, stop the wind blowing us down, and one of us was, like, biting on, and the other one was climbing up to the next bit. Like, that was fun. That made use of the fact we were two people trying to fulfil roles on one creature. Yeah. I think there it was needed a lot more of a very of that. basic, like, okay, we just move over here, we do this thing, we bite this thing, we move it over yeah. here. Yeah. I I think that one climbing up the slope was like, oh, this is what this game could be. It's not this enough of the time. Yeah. There was there was a lot of sort of very basic just movement stuff. Yeah. And, oh, if you stretch yourselves out, you'll both be able to bite this thing, and then that'll open a door. I was like... Ugh. Yeah, it... I wanted to like it more than I did. We played through a level and we're like, yeah, eh. yeah. I think we played through a, a, a world, maybe a yeah, stage. I didn't care. Did like, not have a bad time. That was all right, but like, we were like, oh, should we have some dinner because it's getting late? Okay, had some dinner and then just never thought of it again. Yeah, In fact, I'd forgotten about it until I saw it on the list. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? You played anything else? Um, just have a look. No, that is it for this week. Uh, I played. Uh, I, I played one other thing. <gasps> um, I started playing Destruction All Stars on PS5. Um, oh no, Destruction All Stars! <laughs> get your game on. See, I keep Smash wanting face. to. I keep wanting to call it PlayStation All Stars, which was PlayStation's knockoff of Smash Bros. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a game that was going to be a launch game for the PS5, and it got pushed back. But um, as a result, they made it free for PlayStation Plus subscribers, rather than where it was previously going to be like a forty quid game. Uh, it is an online multiplayer game where, basically, it's Destruction Derby bash into other vehicles as much as you can to earn points. Uh-huh. Um, you have different characters that... Um, all of their designs are really good. I like all the character designs. And they'll have a unique vehicle they can summon in if they get enough points, and that'll have special abilities. Like, There's, there's one I like playing as called Hannah, who... Um, her special vehicle has, like, a blade on the front you can summon, whereas she bashes into people, the car gets cut in half from a single bash while that ability is active. Um, yeah, it, it's really simple to control. I like how well they've simplified the mechanics. It is uh, left and right triggers to uh, brake, reverse, and uh, drive forward, left analogue stick to turn, and right analogue stick you either flick to the sides or forward, to bash in that direction to do damage. Oh. So you either do a side swipe or a bash forward and do damage. Um, and both of the, the the sideways smash and the forward one are on uh, cooldown timers. You can do them fairly regularly, but just so that you can't like mash, 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 mash it. Um, I had a lot of fun with the game's main mode, where it's just bash people as much as you can to earn points. Mm-hmm. Um there's also gameplay outside of the vehicle, which I'm kind of fascinated by and curious. Uh, when just as, like, barging what... into people in the street. Ah, uh, well, less that. <laughs> like, let's say the vehicle you're in is about to get destroyed. Yeah. Um, you could launch yourself up out of the roof, land on the vehicle that smashed into you, and then start doing a little mini game to take over their vehicle. Oh. So sometimes, if your vehicle is on low health, uh, it might be worth deliberately jumping out of it and hijacking someone else's much better health vehicle. Um, there are collectible gems around the level that you can sort of do platforming to get, which will get you points towards summoning in your special unique vehicle. Um, yeah, there's... I, I, I like the sense of, uh, danger when you are out of a vehicle, because you can run pretty fast, but, like, if something hits you, you are fucked, and it's like, just fucking get out of the way. Yeah, yeah. All of the characters have this running animation that looks like they're fucking <laughs> fleeing for their lives, and it's great. Um... I'm not so into some of the other modes the game has. Because um, like, I like the this mayhem mode, which is the, the, the default one. Mm. Uh, they've got another mode where you're on a circular arena and you only have a single life. And if you get knocked off of the arena or fall into a hole in the arena, you lose and it's just last person standing. Mm. And while that's good in theory, the best way to win that is to not interact with other drivers because they might knock you off the platform. It's like I had the the first win I had in that mode was standing up on one of the floating platforms where the vehicles were and just sort of waiting and not being part of the chaos because I was like, if I'm not down there where the cars are, they can't knock me off. Mm. Um, it feels very weird to have a game that is entirely about like collisions and destruction and bashing into each other and incentivizing avoiding that Mm. um it's why i like the default mode more because if you die you just respawn you've not lost anything the other person got a point for knocking you out but um like you can just keep going keep going and it it rewards playing aggressively which is nice Mm. um i mean for a game that is free uh, included for free with a a playstation plus subscription i i would never have paid 40 quid for this i I feel kind of like i do about deep rock galactic never would have bought it full price Mm. but having it in a subscription i'm actually having a lot of fun with it um so yeah uh it it is fun if anyone listening can work out how to turn um voice chat in that game off as default so i don't have to hear nine year old screaming uh coming out of my ps5 controller that'd be good Ew. I know I can manually turn it off, but it wants me to do so every single match, and I want to oh find some God. way to not have to every match. Press the PlayStation button, press square to mute the chat, press the thing on my controller to mute myself. Like, give, Let me pick defaults for whether I interact with voice chat. For all the other things that you can set as default on that system. Yeah, yeah. Um... I think that's everything I've played. Oh, Ace Combat 7, I like the flying, I don't like the fact that the stories about this cool female pilot, but like in the first several missions, you don't actually get to play as her. I'm like, stop making me play as these generic men, let me play as her, she seemed cool. That's all I have to say about Ace Combat 7. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's everything I've played this week. Well then. (gasps) Time for this. Do you find your life full of constant kitty intrusions? I do. Get off! No. Do you find no, your no. Do you find yourself unable to so much as open a packet of crisps without the cat sniffing around? They assume Rusty Packet means them. There's got to be a better way, right? Right, shrugs in black and white. (laughs) Well, why not try Not For Cats Mart? (gasps) Not For Cats Mart, tell me more. All of the products you love sold in fabric packaging that won't rustle. That's genius. If you shop with us, none of your products will sound like they might possibly be for kitty cats. (laughs) I was secretly six kitties in a trench coat. Now have you revealed your secrets? Fabric packaging! <laughs> oh, Doctor, do you, do you... Please tell me. Can can you help my, my pet? Uh, maybe. What's, uh... What's, what's wrong? I don't know. They've just been looking really sickly recently. Yeah? Yeah. I, I don't know. They just feel like they're getting more and more ill, and they're just they're less lively. Bits keep dropping off. Oh, well, I imagine that's probably some kind of horrible blood-sucking parasite. I have—I mean, I have noticed just here on the tummy there is this strange blue mark. Oh yeah, what is that? Can we get a—can we get a, a, a magnifying glass on that and have a closer look at it? There you go, doctor. Ah, uh, yes, that—that that blue, that blue, uh, whatever it is, definitely does look like an aggressive parasite. Is there anything you think you can do? Indeed, this isn't going to be solved until we can get that blood-sucking tory parasite off of you. Well, thank you. Come on, Britain. come on. <laughs> so, what have you put in your eyes? What have I put in my eyes this week? Um I know I need to and and we watched a film together. <laughs> uh, should we should we talk about sorry to bother you? Yeah. Um I I I want to be careful how much I say about this. Understandably. Yeah. Um so sorry to bother you is uh, a film about someone who ends up working in a call centre, um, <laughs> and is trying to rise up through the ranks of this call centre to work with the big mythical big money clients. Um, and he's having trouble with that. Yeah, yeah. He is trying to work out how to get people to engage actually well with him. buy anything? Yeah, to actually buy anything. Um it has some very good visual effects that the film does. Mm-hmm. Um, like one very early one that I don't think spoilery to talk about is uh, when he's doing... Um, his first it, few his calls. His first few calls. His desk from his sort of call centre drops down into the room of the person he's calling and he's sort of sat with his desk opposite say someone's kitchen table yeah um like that it's a it's an amazing bit of cinematography yeah there's there's a few other things later in the film that do really nice uh visual stuff there's some great angled shots there's some great sort of setups for scenes some good transformative uh moments between scenes yep i know which bit you mean yeah yeah um I think that there is a lot of really smart um, discussion around things like um, not not crossing the picket line in mm. um, in corporate, uh, trying to do action against corporations. Yep. Um, there is a lot of good uh, critique of the kind of things that, that a black person might feel the need to do to succeed in something like call center work. Masking. Uh yeah, masking, uh code switching. Code switching. Um one. yeah, there's things there's there's critiques of big corporations that are qu- that are quite interesting and what people are willing to do in terms of modern slavery. Yep. Uh, yeah, there was some stuff that felt very Elon Musk wants to put you as an indentured servant on Mars uh, mm-hmm. stuff going on. Yes. Um the things that someone would be willing to do to to feel like they matter and that they're important. Yes. And the, the personal lines they might cross to get that. Yeah. Um, and then there's th- that thing that happens in the film that we're not going to talk. Yeah. Just, this film isn't what I thought it was. It's a searing indictment of court, uh, capitalism and I mean, corporate it is, structure. It, okay, It is. it is that. It is definitely that. Also, the main character is called Cassius Green or just Cash Green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a fantastic film. Yeah, loved it. Uh, it's a fantastic... There are definitely some bits we both sitting on the sofa going, "Oh fucking hell." Yeah, I. All I, I will, I will put it this way. There was a point in that film where I definitely thought I knew how they were going to get to the end point, and they got there a very different way. I was thinking about that, um, the performance scene. Yes. Not the one right at the end, the other one. Uh-huh. And I was just like, oh, fucking hell. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. happening on screen right now. Yeah. Hmm. Ah, <sighs> It's a great film. It's a great film. I, I would recommend it to yeah, anyone. I would just say the the, the, the you don't want to know anything more about it. Don't read it, just anything go- about it. Don't yeah. listen to anyone talking about it. Yeah, we've we've said as much as I think you should know, and I think to say any more would lessen your enjoyment. Just it's on Netflix in the UK now. Yes, just just watch it. Yeah, I think I had um, Austin Yorski recommending it on a, like a really old Word Funk before yeah. while that was still a thing. Giving you, think you have some idea how long ago that was. um, And I've wanted to see it for a while, and it just turned up on UK Netflix, and I was like, you have to watch that. And I'm very glad we did. Yeah, that, that was a very good use of a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like an hour and 50 minutes. Yeah. Check it out. Nice. Uh, what else? Have you watched anything else? Uh, We finished watching Sweet Home. We did. Which is that Korean horror set in a, uh, a tower block yeah. in the post apocalypse. That goes in places, huh? Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um So we, we we finished the series and I desperately want more of it. Mm-hmm. Um like it's been left open-ended. Yeah, I thought th- I was surprised we didn't get any more Imagine Dragons playing in that final episode. Right. I thought we were going to get one last Imagine Dragons. Just one last Imagine Dragons. Yeah. Um I think they they opposed some real good difficult moral quandaries for the people in that building Mm -hmm. um they set up a very believable very understandable this is something that would cause division for this group of people Mm um i've really enjoyed a lot of the performances we got like a whole new antagonist yeah yeah we did um I'm curious to know how much more of that because it's from a webcomic, right? Yes. Like, how much more of that is there? Don't wanna watch it. Don't wanna read it, cause like I'm um, gonna yeah. spoil the rest of the series, but. Hmm. Indeed. Um I-, I thought those last couple of episodes had a lot of very good acting, and I'm glad that they didn't pull their punches in terms of letting consequences get a bit more dire. Yes. Um, those last few episodes really were very she has gone Bud! They're very, very intense. They yes. didn't stop. <laughs> Ew. But yeah, I really highly recommend Sweet Home. Mm-hmm. I, I felt I, I enjoyed the sort of humorous elements of it, even if some of them maybe weren't intended to be. I don't know how much was intentional and how much was. Hard in, to say, really. It was, was not. Um, <laughs> that's the thing with like horror comedy. Like, am I supposed to be laughing at this because I think that's funny? Yeah. Um. <laughs> It's real good. Go watch it. It's yeah. a good it's good. Fascinating characters. Yeah. We'd like to see more of that. We'd like to see more of the monster design. Yes. Ah. Uh, that that final um monster design that happens, the sort of partial transformation monster oh, yeah, design yeah. was really cool. Mm-hmm. ah uh, What what about you? You you watched anything else? I've watched hours of crit crab videos on youtube ah you've been watching people reading reddit threads about D experiences about horrible D D experiences yeah 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 it's it's been it's, it's been I, <laughs> very very affirming yeah you know, i i very often sit there going i'm an awful dm i'm not very good at, at coming up with things oh my god yeah well, I, I haven't tried to force anyone into sexual acts yes Every six months or so, I'll fall down a rabbit hole for a week or two of just D&D stories read by people on YouTube. Mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of terif- terrible, terrible stories out there. Yes, horrifying people doing horrifying things, uh, usually involving a lack of communication or a lack of consent in D&D. Yeah, yeah. Or just Players completely ignoring all advice their DM tries to give them and then getting mad at their DM for consequences happening. Mm -hmm. How dare you have consequences for my reckless action? How dare you make me play by the rules of the game that we've agreed to play? (laughs) Yeah, a a lot of those stories just boil down to a lack of respect between players and other players, or between uh, DM and player. Like, it's, it's basically just the DM player experience should be one built on trust where you don't force things on the other sides and sort of have a bit of give and take of trust and mm-hmm. that falls down a lot. Apparently. Are you looking for some crit crab videos? Um, No, I'm just looking through the rest of the things that I watched recently. So yeah. that I can talk about things I've watched. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have anything else? Ah, uh, Not really. It's been a very work-heavy week this week. You have. You've been working real hard. Um, I watched a couple of videos by a uh, Studson studio on YouTube. Uh, they do, like, kit bashing. Ooh. Uh, so, basically, like, hey, I went to the dollar store and I bought, like, a bunch of toys. And now I'm going to make this really cool, uh, like, thing from Final Fantasy VII. Just like, hey, here's one of the robots from that that I made out of like a couple of trains, a robot and a toy dog. And like yes. just a few like little leftover kit pieces from others. Just like, hey, they don't make a model of this, or if they do, it's phenomenally expensive. So I spent like three bucks and some paint, and obviously having the equipment to start, I guess. But like, once you've got into that hobby, I guess it gets a lot easier to keep doing it. Because you've got bits and pieces already. Uh, also watched a bunch of videos by Look Mum No Computer,
1: um, oh, okay. including
0: one of um, going around this huge museum of synthesizers, just like hundreds, this basically a warehouse full of old synths, just like that's Ooh. fascinating. Um, and trying to turn a Commodore sixty four into a uh, a six channel synth with with really cool uh, knob interfaces. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else would be interested in that, but I was fascinated. Well then. Time for this. Oh, hello! We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like writing things? I do an awful lot of it. You do an awful lot of writing? Yeah, Would yeah. You, are you concerned that, you know, your computer might just break down and then just be like, oh, no, that's my documents, that's all gone. I mean, pretty pretty constantly, yeah. What if, instead of being on your computer, they were in the cloud? Oh, so I can just, like, if my computer breaks, I can get them on a different device and they're exactly. over there. Yeah. Exactly. Well, check out Online Docs. Oh. They've got, like a, 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 a like, a... a Text editing thing. Yeah, the word processing thing. Word yeah. processing—that's the word. Uh, they've got some spreadsheetings. There's like a PowerPoint thing. Ooh. There's all the different things you could possibly want. Yeah, all available online from online docs. Ah, yeah. So you could—I uh, mean, the, it's the only risk is sometimes you might not be able to log in because their servers go down. Up. Uh, mm. That is mm, that is a problem right there. Nah, it's fine. It's not going to be great if I need to do work. And it's just like, no. N- no. no, look, it's, it's right here in the copy. It's like, nah, it's fine. See, nah. Oh, it it's does fine. say, nah, it's fine. And they, they put a lot of A's in the middle. They really drew it exactly, out. Yeah, I know, nah, I mean, it's trying. fine. Nah, it's fine. I think they're really... I mean captured I mean they were trying to I get mean with that. Could, could I you know just like have backups in more than have an offline one and an online one I'm told I have to boop you on the snoot no <laughs> oh, okay you get a boopity snoot okay I'll keep them online only with no That's offline That's right backups. online only no online no 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 only offline only online docs and enter the code Q and P S at 153 oh. I think <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you can get uh, access to online docs, but like you get like a, a like extra storage for ah, the first year, ah. and of that it's <laughs> um, I don't know. There's just like a like a cough. Oh there. yeah, it, it sort of looks like when they write a swear word in a comic book. It sort of <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's uh, online docs.lol.net and it's the code QNPS one oh. five three. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Actor Softworks. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been trying to keep on top of what the internet's, uh, talking about in terms of, you know, uh, video games. Yeah. Cause, you know, we gotta work out how we're gonna make money. Yeah, sure. And I mean, I like money. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, I, I saw something about, about stocks this week. Ah, uh, yeah, the whole stock market. Yeah, yeah. So, like, my understanding is that, like, a bunch of people made the price of uh, that that game store's uh, stock go up, basically despite, uh, you know, uh, short-selling hedge fund managers. Yeah. Yeah, and like... It you was know, a whole inside job just to fuck over other people in the same industry. Right? Yeah, yeah. But like, I've been thinking, I've been thinking, Yeah, we own a lot of stock in Electronic Arts Softworks. I mean, between us, we own most of the company, right? Exactly, exactly. So like, you know, our stock is worth a lot of money. Yeah. What if it was worth a lot more money? I like money. So like, I've I've got a theory. I got right. a theory. I'm sure. gonna sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make an account on that uh, that website that everyone's using to you know do their uh, stock trading uh, tips and stuff. Yeah, I'm gonna call it like totally not electronic Act to Softworks executive for 2069. Nice. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, and I'm gonna go on there and go like, hey. I heard a rumor they're doing that, that bad, evil, short-selling thing to Electronic Active Softworks. And you should totally all go buy their stock and raise its price to fuck over the the, the, the people in charge, the billionaires. Yeah, yeah, that'll, that'll show them. Exactly. And I think, like, you know, if you set up an account, too, and you say, like, yeah, yeah, I heard that, too, we might be able to get people to buy a bunch of stock so we can sell ours and make profit so we short our own stock right oh no we don't actually short it we just make a rumor that it's being shorted right, right. we just we just let them raise the price of our stock before we sell it nice, nice. we just tell them tell them that they're all oh, they all oh, the mean hedge funds are coming for us now you oh. wouldn't you wouldn't want your favorite video games to stop being made save us by putting money into the company yeah we could like list like a how about this? Like a week before we go ahead and do this, we'll put out a whole bunch of leaks about the upcoming games that we've got in the works, you oh, know, yeah, all yeah. the big franchises so people like are really invested in in help. Exactly, our company. exactly. And then we'll be like, "Oh, that's all in jeopardy if you don't uh, Exactly, exactly. I... You are a fucking genius. I know. So, <gasps> what? Have you listened to? I... I've not listened to a lot this week. Again, it's been a very work-heavy week. I've been doing a lot of of work stuff that hasn't really given me listening time. Uh, I listened to a track called Heterosexuality is a Construct by Onsind. It's a sort of acoustic guitar punk track about someone coming to accept that uh, as much as identifying as straight is simple and easy, they need to kind of face the fact that they sometimes colour outside the lines a little bit in that regard, and that sexuality doesn't always fit in a nice little box. Yep. Um, and sort of addressing the fact that, like, hey, in the past, the singer's perspective is like, hey, I was a bit homophobic in the past. A lot of that's probably because I wasn't particularly comfortable about the fact that I wanted to fit in, in the heterosexual box and wasn't fitting in it terribly well and you know that that that's not that's not fun ew yeah interesting old track that mm-hmm. um i also listened to a track called kill the boy band by she her hers uh it is a sort of punk track from a trans woman about being just really bored of punk shows being full of boring cis straight able bodied white dudes and l- singing lyrics that Sound anti-establishment, but say nothing specific. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just is a good track. I recommend it uh, as well as the album it came from. Uh, Mm -hmm. What about you? What have you listened to? Um. So about twenty years ago, (laughs) um, I've. this got- is what we've listened to this week, not twenty years ago. <laughs> I got sent like I, I had this friend who had the internet, TM. Ah, did yes. you have that friend? Yes, the friend with the internet. Yeah, just randomly turn up with CDs and go. I found this. I want the CD back when you're done. It's a rewritable disc, okay? Um, and it would just have like here's like some music, and maybe here's a film, and here's just a a a ray of porn that just gives gives me a real insight <laughs> into my friend. And here's a bunch of like um. Uh, public domain books and stuff. In amongst all that was um, a couple of like music tracks that had been made by taking presidential speeches of uh, George H.W. Bush, Clinton, and George Bush and just sort of jammed together in these weird little uh, electro tracks. Ah. Uh, the band was called Tone Deaf and the Bots, or just The Bots. Um, and <laughs> while trying to find speeches or like Public domain speeches to put samples into tunes that I'm making. Yeah, <laughs> couldn't find anything appropriate. Um, I found a link to all of the SoundF and the Bot stuff. <sighs> so, um, Fuzzy Math, Bushwhacking, Bushwhacking Two, and Rock the House with the four main tracks. You can find them on thebots.net. Uh, you you might have trouble watching that. It's a flash website. Ah. Uh. And it's not been updated. The page I did get man manage to get to load was, oh, it's so early internet. It's so twenty <laughs> years ago the internet, um, in in the weirdest way. Um, yeah. So it was a a fun little way to um, go back and listen to. There it is. Oh, that's right. That, yeah, that's early internet. Huh? That's really not designed to be seen at a resolution that high, huh? <laughs> um, yeah. It's 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 an interesting little uh, set of four songs, just just making ex former presidents say terrible things about stuff. Although the 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 H W Bush one uh, has a bunch of like, I recommend everyone starts doing drugs stuff towards the end. (laughs) That is kind of was would have been very funny to me twenty years ago, and now I'm like, I don't recommend that anymore. (laughs) No, no. personal choice, by all means. I'm not going <laughs> to force people to do it. <laughs> yeah. 20 years ago, I mean, Put drugs in the water, so try. Everyone, Everyone will love each other. other. we we'll all the problems out by taking a bale of weed, setting fire to it, and feeding it through the air conditioning at the UN. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there is a point where that would have been... <laughs> Seemed like a very viable plan. Yeah, let's bring peace to everyone by getting the highest balls <laughs> by dragging them is that their consent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no. Don't do that. It's a don't very, do that. Very scary, unpleasant experience if you don't know that there's drugs in you. Hmm. Anyway, I grew up, but yeah, it was it was weird, just like seeing like, oh my god, the bots really, um, and then just finding all those tracks and and having a listen. Apparently, also there is a whole archive of like presidential speeches that are public domain if you want to use them in tracks. Mm. So you know, I'm 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 no Swede Mason, but I might give it a try at some point. Uh, what about you? Have you listened to anything else? Ah, uh, that's it for me, really. Well then, time for this. Now that we've left the EU. And food is becoming an issue, it's time to plant veg to feed everyone in community gardens. You that planting in the local community garden. This is a beautiful garden that you have produced. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm very proud of it. I'm very proud of it. It's nice to see you digging for victory. Indeed, I've, I've got all these vegetables growing. I will be able to somewhat uh, sidestep the terrifying reality of what's going on here. Indeed, lots of red root vegetables. I see that you are providing for the community. Uh, yes, yes, you know, uh, you know, uh, distribute by people's needs, you know, make sure everyone's got what they what they need. I've noticed you have a very large compost heap over here that you are using to spread out over the uh, the general area. Yes, yes, only the the finest fuel for this community garden. Yes, is that an old school tie that appears to be growing from around that carrot? No, I'm definitely not pushing that into the pile. No, there appears to be some, some 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 bones there. No, I don't know what you mean. Right, and I think that's a gold tie clip around that parsnip. Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, uh, but by, by sheer coincidence, have you heard that our local Tory MP recently vanished? What a what a strange story that. Thank you for your composting tips. This will be most fascinating. So, if you are having trouble getting your vegetables to grow, well, perhaps you could go to the source of all this manure, and the, they will in turn be used to make a whole new crops. Wonderful. I mean, it's the only way we're going to get them to be part of feeding poor people. Come the Tories, come the Tories. fabulously wealthy celebrity how about buying one of my fancy candles uh sure what kind of scents do they come in they all smell of me absolute Uh, luxury why not try underarm aroma i i i'm not sure why i would the scent of belly button recess that's probably gonna be a little bit gross underboob dampness yeah that's never fun sunny day crack sap Uh, See, I was almost with you when you said sunny day, but no thank you. Or oh, minge magic. Is that the one I heard explodes? Morning, some fancy candles takes explode. No. No, it's not. Aha. Uh-huh. Different brand. These are fancy candles. Fancy. Def- definitely won't. Okay, okay. Okay. As long as you won't explode. Sure. I'll make my house smell of your minge. Yay. Money, money, money. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochial Justice Warriors. Social Justice Warriors. Yeah. All right, Harry. All right, Barry. How you doing? I'm not too so bad, mate. Not too so bad. You, uh, you've been up so much? Oh, uh, you know, you know, same old, same old yourself. Yeah. Oh, you know, uh, you know, health up and down, I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, as it be, as it be. Yeah, been. yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I've been having some conversations with people. I've, I've, I've sort of seen about a thing this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um... I, I know several people who over the years have been on uh, antidepressants, you know, uh, you know. Been on, if, on myself, mate. Yeah. Exactly. If, if you uh, do not produce your own uh, SS- neurotransmitters, neuro-transmitters store-bought is fine, yeah. you know. Um, well, I, I know a lot of people who start on antidepressants and uh, get a bit disheartened at first because the first one they try might not work out so well. Yeah, um, and you've got to go, and you know, they put you up on a higher dose, higher dose, and it's like, we're still not doing anything, or if anything, yeah, it's making it worse. In exactly. cases. And, one thing that i think is not you know talked about enough about antidepressants is the fact that there are lots of different types of them that work in lots of different ways and have different ways of reaching that end goal oh indeed i mean yeah. especially if you happen to live in the uk there is this sort of very much a well we're going to put you on fluoxetine and uh, that's just going to be we're going to increase that dose and increase that dose regardless of you know what your major problems are yeah and that's the thing is every one of them has different potential side effects different uh, ways that they may or may not help and you know, for a lot of people, they get disheartened when you know we kept knocking up the thing and it's not helping. What you may need to do is talk to your doctor about, like, hey, this one is just not working for me. The the, the uh, any side effects I'm having are not working for me, or it's not helping. Can we try a different type? Absolutely, because there are different types that do things in different ways, and yeah, and that isn't you know that's that's still progress. Like yeah. I know you know it can feel like oh well you know we've we're back to square one, but no, I mean you have completely. Uh, ruled that thing out as something that works for you, and you know everyone's got different chemistry and different. You know, trying to you know get themselves to a different equilibrium. Yeah, and you know sometimes it does require a different medication or a different family of medications. Don't feel like because one didn't work that it's you know that you're going back to square one or that you've failed in some way or that it's not worth trying because you know you know it might be the first, it might be the fourth. You, you, you'll probably find one eventually that's the one that's going to help. Absolutely, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Virtual <sighs> luck, mate. Yeah, virtual luck. <sighs> <sighs> I mean, I, I know it's early afternoon, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think I am go for a mate. I'm making this <sighs> <it's> half tempting. <laughs> So, Laura, where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills. Uh, Friday, every Friday on YouTube, I uh, put up episodes of Accessibility. It's a show about accessibility and representation in the games industry. This week, this week's about ADHD. It's got, it's got a special guest... Someone who wears a top hat and is on on, on the Position podcast. Ooh, I wonder who that could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Twitch stream Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays at 10pm UK, 5pm Eastern, 2pm Pacific. Um, I'm currently learning to speedrun Pokémon. Oh, uh, no. We'll see how that goes. Uh, other than that, books. Uncomfortable labels, that's out now. You know about that already. It's the autistic trans book. We gotta talk about the book that came out this week. By the time you hear this, it will be out. Oh heck, that book over there. Yeah, Things I Learned from Mario's Butt. Oh heck. If you're listening now, you can buy that book. It's a book of video game character butt reviews with a bunch of art in it. And it's, it's got butts. It's got a lot of butts and people talking about those butts. Mm-hmm. Um so you should you should you it's should very get good. you should get that, it's out now. I got that book. Yeah. I'd love it if people checked it out. I'm real proud of that. Ooh. It's a very good mm-hmm. book, I if I do say so myself. Uh, there's also Gender Euphoria, which is coming out on June 10th, 2021. Wow. It's just, it's just a bunch of non-cis people telling their positive gender affirming stories. Ooh. It's it's like almost done. It's it's going to the printers soon. I'm real excited. Oh, shit. Um, also, I I guessed it on a bunch of uh, stuff this week. By the time you hear this, uh, if you check out Friday's kind of funny games daily, uh, I guested it on that this week. Uh, you can find that at Kind of Funny Games on YouTube. Uh, I was on IGN's podcast Beyond this week, so if you look at the, look up the most recent episode of that, I guessed on that. Um, I will be on the Comedy Button when it comes up next week, so everyone listen to the next episode of the Comedy Button, which I'm going to be on. Um, and then there's the podcast that I normally do. So there's Pixel Squirt, about video game character pornography. There's... Um, uh, uh, Dice Funk. It's a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. Uh we, we we do every season is its own story. I'm on seasons 3, 4, 5, 6 and 7. And I do a podcast with you that isn't this one. That's true. You're on Polyamory. Yeah, tell it's, us about that. It's a D&D 5th edition real play podcast with questionable morals and my goodness, I'm trying to write the finale. <laughs> <sighs> should have added that to things I watched this week (laughs) how to write an ending (laughs) Uh, so yeah hopefully that um, yeah go enjoy that it's on my SoundCloud it's on uh, my YouTube as well Uh, it's got us and Nick Flair and and that Phoenix 2 Hill Uh, I've got a Patreon that's the one that pays my bills for as little as a dollar a month you can help me justify a 76 hour work week please thanks (laughs) I have made some decisions recently, which means that I could really use the money. Um, Yeah, I I twitch. uh, Twitch.tv slash Jamiac. I do that on Thursdays around 7.30 in the evening. I'm on Twitter, YouTube... I write reviews for things on stonemonkeyradio.blog. I've got a Redbubble where I sell t-shirts. We've got a Facebook group. Um, I've got a SoundCloud where you might be listening to this now. But I've also got a SoundCloud for my music that I make. uh, That's under the name Bedroom Programmer. You can find all of my links at streamerlinks.com. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Laura! Sing us out, please, darling. Until next time, be a stranger. Yay! In the legends of the queer and pleasant strangers. Ooh! <laughs> ooh, ooh. ooh get you with your prophecy. <laughs> oh, that is a fucking prophecy. I've oh, been prophesised. Would you? Would you believe it? prophesized again. Hope <laughs> some of that makes it in. <laughs> Just to get it after the credits. <laughs> 75 quid a candle, that was 75 quid to have Gwyneth Paltrow's pussy smell in your house and maybe explode. I will come round and and em a recently dampened fingers round your living room. That'll help. <laughs> <laughs> just a little dab on the cushions. Just, ooh, ooh, there we go? I'll tell you what. I'll just like just dab just just along your top lip line. <laughs> then you'll be able to smell it everywhere. How's that?